0: welcome once again to the real money show with guildhall wealth management i'm your host today's show darren long i'm also with guildhall wealth management and beside me today is jeremy wiseman as usual jeremy and i have a lot to talk about this is a show on gold silver natural fancy colored diamonds and folks there is an abundance of information to get through this week we're excited to bring it to you let's get the show started and as a reminder before we get going we are not your financial planners or advisors, and we take to heart the fact that we are experts in physical precious metals, gold, silver, natural, fancy color diamonds. We'll spend some time on each of those today. And, Jeremy, let's get the show started because there is a lot to talk about. And I ask a really simple question to start this show off Is it time for people to really sink in or delve in? to the possibility that we're heading into a darker period of time economically. Is this the moment in which we're going to need a crutch to get through the next few years and in order to survive perhaps have
1: assets like gold and silver in our portfolio? You know I think that there's this uh, managed perception out there that everything is hunky dory in North America and yet we know that there's a banking crisis in Europe. And we also know that the emerging economy, uh, emerging economies, currencies are in, in uh, just disarray at this point. We're going to talk more about that because what you want to start paying attention to is what gold looks like in all of these different currencies. Um, you know, you're seeing the U.S. dollar go up currently, but you have to ask, what does the what does that dollar buy you? Inflation is destroying the purchasing power. And again, this is all about managed perception at this point. Uh, To answer your question, Darren, um, J.P. Morgan's top quant uh, this week on CNBC said the next crisis is going to have flash crashes social unrest not seen in 50 years. And basically, what what his uh, premise is, is that there's been a trillion-dollar shift from passive investments to compu- into passive investments, computerized trading strategies, and electronic trading desks. And this is going to create uh, sudden, severe stock drops, flash crashes, Uh, And again, it's going to lead to a liquidity crisis in the market. What's going to be the result? Of course, some central bank somewhere out there is going to have to come in and start buying up everything.
0: So in other words, there are fine points that we can look into to give us some insight, one of which on this huge topic of ownership of gold and silver, which is so important to many other people around the world, which the West is very, very... Uh, behind in terms of the times with is watching what other countries do what other central banks do and as you said that risk is it is it increases there is going to be a necessity to rely on those central banks to rely on the federal reserve to bail out the problems and one of the things that we've been watching for a very long time, Jeremy, is the consumption or the hoarding or the buying and owning, whatever you want to call it or refer to it as, of gold and silver by other countries. Now, we know that since 2009, central banks around the world have been net buyers of gold. And we're going into almost, well, nine nine years of this happening right now. This week, and you brought this to our attention, India is now back in the game after nine years of not buying much in the way of physical gold. They have uh, this week come right on there and the Reserve Bank of India has picked up 8.46 tons of gold so far in their their fiscal year of 2017-18. And that is not the biggest amount they've ever purchased, but it marks a return to ownership or
1: the purchase of gold for the purposes of ownership and protection, something they haven't done in nine years. Yeah, and and you know, there's some exceptions. Venezuela's had to sell off some gold. So some central banks have, have done some selling as a result of just needing to, to get some liquidity. But overall, central banks continue to buy, like uh, Russia, for example. And of course, as you just mentioned, India's back in the game. What we do know is that the Indian market tends to be very savvy when it comes to precious metals. This past week in precious metals, if you've been watching the market, we got absolutely hammered. Gold did fall just below $1,200 an ounce. Silver went down to about $14, uh, the low $14 range. And what, what has to be understood at, at principle here is that this is paper pricing, that what's pushing the prices down is paper inventory, or in other words, product that doesn't exist. And the problem with the market going down in this capacity is you end up with the other side of that is there's a buyer taking advantage of the lower price. And so you end up with a physical issue, an issue of where do we supply all of this product? As we know, the mint sold out of product. They sold out of the the Eagles uh, last month. And we know that every time the price goes down, more people are going to move into the market. I think India moving into the market is just one more example of taking advantage of lower pricing. Now, what's on the other side of that, Jeremy?
0: There's a reason why they're buying gold. What are they doing on the other side of that trade? So they're picking up, you know, uh, hordes of reserves of gold and putting it into their banks.
1: Is it because they're leaving the US dollar? Or are they getting rid of other types of assets that they had held well that's that's a very interesting thing isn't it they're selling us treasuries to get into gold and debt bonds too and you would think that that would actually be pushing the the pushing the us dollar down and yet the us dollar is going up so you know left is right right is left up is down down is up and 2 and 2 equals 3 nothing quite makes sense So what you have to do is stop looking at a a chart of the U.S. dollar or listening to that noise of the U.S. dollars going higher, because it's actually still in a downtrend overall.
0: All right. Well, the other BRIC countries, the nations that, uh, like India, are adding gold to their central bank holdings, are also following suit in terms of decreasing their exposure to U.S. uh, debt of any kind, whether it be bond, treasuries, any other type, and- it goes hand in hand with our thought that this is happening while everybody's basically asleep. Certainly in the West, nobody's paying attention. They're going about their normal days. We're going to bring up some other topics that point out these small uh, kind of bits and pieces that all add up to create a puzzle that once you view the completed puzzle will give you that insight to understand that the economy is not on as stable ground as it, uh, pertains, as it pertains to all the things we think are stable in our life. We don't have stable real estate anymore. We don't have stable um, employment anymore. Currencies. Currencies are not stable. But because we live in our own vacuum, within our own bubble of the West, we don't often see that or come across it. So it is very important to understand, folks, that if you're paying attention to your own money and your own wealth, and it's important to you, you wouldn't have turned on a show like ours unless you thought there was a need to understand this a bit better. If you're already in the market, maybe it's time to... Consider stacking a little bit more gold and silver. Maybe it's time to think about getting into that market. The number to call if you do want to add gold or silver in the physical form to your portfolio is 1 866 274 9570. That's 1 866 274 9570. Or you can just simply use 1 Silver if that's easier for you to remember, folks.
1: And, and Darren, I, I love that uh, we're going we're gonna to go through some of those puzzle pieces today because there's really a lot of them to get to and they really start to show the picture of why it's so important to hold precious metals in the portfolio. I think one of the, the biggest mistakes in this market uh, from our perspective is treating precious metals like an investment. It's not an investment. It's, it's a place to store your wealth long-term and if you look at gold versus inflation, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It hedges the the decline of currencies which create that inflation, which is destroying your purchasing power. It means $10,000 today does not buy you what $10,000 10 years ago did. You need a lot more money today to buy the same amount of goods. That's inflation. That's loss of purchasing power. Precious metals as a store of wealth do that. And the reason they do it is because... They are hard assets that cannot be printed out of thin air, they have zero counterparty risk, and an, an innate value. So it's not appropriate to treat them like investments per se. They're not gonna give you um, you know, a, a dividend and those sorts of things, but they will do their job over over the long term. So start to think of it, in my opinion, as a part of the portfolio, the base of the portfolio, and to be truly diversified, you wanna have tangible assets that as well are very easy to liquidate.
0: All right. To get into this market, folks, it's very simple. As I said before, the number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver or the website, guildhallwealth.com. Those are two spots you can go, the number you can use. You can talk to Jeremy or myself. Paul's there, our whole office is available to you. We'll provide the expertise. You tell us what you need and we'll be the ear to listen. Hopefully we can help you to solve some of your uh, more pressing concerns that relates to your wealth, but get this insurance policy and get it now before these changes start to occur. We are going to wake up one morning, folks, and the the world around us is going to have changed. And it's gonna be worse than what 2008 and nine was, in our opinion, as experts in this area, it is one way you can protect your purchasing power through the ownership of gold and silver, whether it's taking home your product, whether it's putting it in a depository account with Guildhall, whether it's putting it into your RRSP or your TFSA, those are options for you as an investor with Guildhall Wealth.
1: And I think as well, Darren, there's a lot of opportunity. So in the next in the next segment, we'll talk about some of those puzzle pieces, why gold is so important, and where the opportunity lies in these markets in terms of potential pricing and what that wealth transfer looks like and why this is the the opportune moment to get into the market.
0: The U.S. is fighting, folks. They're fighting for their lives. And behind the scenes, they are paying very close attention to what all the rest of the world is doing regarding their debt. So when it comes to protecting yourself get into these markets now when we come back in that second segment a lot more to come on the real money show with guildhall wealth management you're listening on global news radio 640 toronto Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call before we get going here in the second segment, one 78 silver or the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, as always, you can go there and get a free investor kit. It is 100% free to you, the investor, and it will be jam-packed full of information about these markets we talk about every week as well as how to own Gold and silver, it's physical, it must be stored somewhere. Hopefully, you're going to take care of it if you're taking it home. If you're storing it through Guild Hall, we'll talk a little bit about that in our depository accounts. Also, the registered accounts putting gold and silver into your RRSP, your TFSA, a spousal RSP, or even with the kids, you can put gold and silver into an RESP. And that is opening up a world of option for folks right now. And uh, that's been a really, really great way to get started in terms of having some gold and silver in your portfolio. Now, before we went to break, Jeremy, we were talking about puzzle pieces and how this all fits together and why it's important to be among the first to decipher what the puzzle is. What is the picture that the puzzle's making? And those puzzle bits we just talked about come in the form of weakening currencies, come in the form of other countries buying up gold and why are they doing it, what are the reasons for doing that. But there is another puzzle piece that we talk about from time to time but is very misunderstood especially by those that are not really in the market, they just kind of watch the price every now and then or buy some and take it home. This comes out of the futures market folks and we don't deal in futures or paper options or anything like that at Guildhall but the paper price of gold and silver is derived from that futures market. Now we follow a gentleman, his name is Bix Weir, and uh, he reports on a weekly basis, great analyst, and he offers up a lot of opinions about the silver and gold market. But he points out one simple fact, and that is that over the years we've watched and followed the story on what they call the shorting of the silver market. Now this is those that would like to see the price of silver go down. And historically, at least since we've opened our doors, that has been severe pressure on the short side of the market brought to you courtesy of the banks. Basically, the banks have used the short selling opportunities to be very profitable and to exacerbate, perhaps from time to time, the downside of a market. That is changing, Jeremy, and tell us what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, I just want to add a little color to to that. Um, You know, in the 60s, They had the uh, London gold pool, and basically what that was is the idea was the U.S. dollar was tied to gold, and gold was um, tethered at $35 an ounce. And of course, the U.S. was printing a lot of money to uh, fund the Vietnam War, but in order to keep the, the gold pegged at thirty five dollars an ounce, whenever the, the price of gold was sort of edging higher because of natural market forces, the London gold pool and it, it you know we'll we'll call them the allies of who were involved in, in the gold pool would simply sell physical metal into the market and that would then lower the lower the price. Now that failed. We know it failed because Um, Nixon closed the gold window because they essentially didn't have enough gold to uh, pay back their debts, and so they just closed the window. Gold, uh, free market, went to $850 an ounce from $35 an ounce. That's the opportunity. We're seeing the same thing today, only now there's no physical gold to push into the market to lower the price and create that managed perception. Now it's only paper, and the amount of paper for the actual physical that's there. It's, you know, you've you've heard numbers like 100 to 1, 300 to 1, it just grows and grows and grows. They need more and more paper to try to keep the market uh, from rising significantly.
0: So let me ask you a question then, Jeremy. We've talked about gold from many different angles. We're pro-gold and silver. We mm-hmm. love the two assets. We own them. But a lot of people in the mainstream, We'll talk about gold as a relic of the past. They'll say there's no interest from the millennial group because they're focused on marijuana stocks, as Paul always points out, or cryptocurrencies. Right. Let me ask you a question. Is the best time to buy an asset
1: when everyone loves it or when everyone hates it? You're, You're absolutely right. Right now we want to be counterintuitive. It, it, exactly. If, if nothing else, if you're not doing any research, be counterintuitive. If everyone's hating gold, you should be getting involved. Does everyone hate it? No. There's a you know we've got a massive community. It's growing all the time. People are very savvy. They're seeing what's going on. They're saying this doesn't make sense. I mean, even today, I was I was having a, a breakfast with a, a friend of mine, and he was. We were both just saying everything's crazy. Nothing makes any sense anymore. So even just by being counterintuitive and saying, "Well, if CNBC hates it so much, uh, you know, methinks the lady doth protest too much." What is going on? Let me look into this and why. Also, follow the smart money. If a major central bank is buying gold, you have to be thinking, "Why are they doing that? Why are they dumping treasuries if those are so important to have?" Uh, and basically, it's 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 the same. We've talked about this on the show. History repeating. The London gold pool failed because people no longer trusted the US dollar. They said, I want the gold. And Nixon said, No way. We don't have the gold. Well, we don't want to say that. So we're going to close the window and you get your cash. It's happening again. People are are rejecting the US dollar globally. Now, you might not like gold uh, on CNBC, person, you know, the journalist there. But if you were in Turkey and the lira is tanking right now, you definitely want to own gold because it's skyrocketed and if you were in Brazil you want to be owning gold because it's skyrocketed there too Venezuela Venezuela it's sky Argentina it's skyrocketed even in even in uh Swiss uh, Swiss d- uh, dollars it's it's gone up so you know it's going up all around the globe maybe not in US dollars today well it'll be the
0: last to happen that's the last wave that's the last bastion. Of 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 being able to pull the rug over, you know, the wool over your eyes, right? Right. I mean, but it's a short term thing it's too. It's a short term. Right. Exactly. Just because it's
1: down in in U.S. dollars today doesn't mean it's going to be not be skyrocketing. Remember this: it all comes down to debt. The U.S. is already at 21 trillion in debt. The emerging markets. They're shuddering right now because they borrowed so much money at no interest, and now the dollar, the U.S. dollar is rising. The interest rates are rising, and their dollar is tanking. How are you going to pay it back without major disruptions to the global economy? And even in in Shanghai, their their uh, uh, stock market's falling, and yet the U.S. market's going up. I thought these two were partners, right? They're they're codependent, <laughs> right? And so stuff is not really what it seems. So you know, just talking about emerging economies. That's another piece of that puzzle. alright eight
0: seven seven eight 1-8778-SILVER to get some gold and silver. Or over to the website, guildhallwealth.com. Now, we said earlier in this segment that Bix Weir, friend to the show and uh, certainly great analyst in the silver and gold market, he issues an article this week and the title reads as follows, Bix Weir issues an alert, huge moment as silver will be exposed this Friday. So we're taping the show on Thursday, one day before Friday, and you're going to hear it on Saturday or Sunday. This may have already happened folks, but I will quote right from this article, what Bix Weir has written. He said the last day of COT reporting, which is the commitment of traders reporting just finished, which was Tuesday of this past week. And the results will be posted by the CFTC on Friday at 3:30. The evidence will likely show that JP Morgan has closed. Their COMEX net silver short position for the first time since inheriting it from Bear Stearns. JPM, JP Morgan, stand to make close to $1 billion for every dollar of rise in the silver market. Now, ask a simple question, Jeremy. Is it more likely that a bank like JP Morgan started accumulating silver because, well, They're offsetting some other market, or they're playing market maker, or they're playing friendly in the market, and they're just saying, hey, we got to have this position because we're doing a lot of buying and selling, or is it more likely that the bank perennially write about these markets because they know in advance, and you never bet against the bank, folks, that they expect the price of silver to rise, and they have put themselves in a very unique position to benefit from that happening.
1: Yeah, you know, JP Morgan himself is known to say that gold is money and everything else is credit. That's his quote. Um, I also personally believe that if you just view banks as gangster beings, they're out there for themselves and they can see what's happening. We also know, and listeners to our show know, that JP Morgan has accumulated over 140 million ounces of silver which means that when you leverage actual product, um, you could stand to make a billion dollars every time the market goes up. So when we look at the, the ratio of, gold to, of silver to gold, we know it's way under. Um, if gold is low, silver's lower, the moves in silver are amplified. So um, ultimately we know that silver's incredibly undervalued right now. It is on fire sale. We at Guildhall are backing up the truck We have clients that are backing up the truck. And this market could go to levels completely unseen before. And yet, those numbers will look normal. If silver went to $150 or $300, that's not a crazy number in today's world. Not at all. Um, It's done its job up to now in terms of protecting against inflation long-term, if you're in it long-term. Short-term, it could be some frustration. But long-term, it's done its job. And in the future as we go forward here, knowing that there's such a low supply, knowing that JP Morgan has a ton of it now, knowing that central banks are buying it like crazy, buying gold specifically, that this market is so set up for a massive move. And what you're talking about, Darren, with Bix, Bix Weir saying that they've, they're no longer in the short game. They're looking at the long game. Again, follow the smart money here. Well,
0: that's just what we're going to do, and we want our listeners to do the same thing, Jeremy. So to get them into this market, the number to call, folks, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth dot com is the website. Go there. Whether it's shopping on our e store online, whether it's buying some bullion, arranging to pick it up at our office, or having it delivered, if it's over a thousand, folks through the e store, it's free delivery anywhere in Canada. And uh, if you want to set up an appointment to talk in-house, sit down, we'll listen, we'll hear out what you have in terms of concerns about your wealth, and uh, we'll certainly shed some light on what we think is an excellent way to shore up that wealth with a great insurance policy of gold and silver. Whether you're in the market for a depository account, if you want to store it with Guildhall, we can help you out with that. As we talked about earlier in the segment rrsps tfsas registered accounts also a great option for you as an investor and uh, we'll talk a little more in the third and fourth segment about one way we could take advantage of this market which is the concept of other people's money we call it allocated financing it may be the single-handed best way you can invest in the gold and silver market when the prices are down like this now i'll tell you folks before we go to the break, baron Rothschild, one of the richest families in the world, was quoted once as saying, buy when there is blood in the street, even if it is yours. Now, I can't think of a more poignant uh, lesson to learn than to say that when nobody else is paying attention, that's when I want to buy and own something like gold and silver. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the third segment of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number before we get going is one eight seven seven eight silver or the website guildhallwealth.com. Don't forget, folks, get on to the mailing list. If you are on that list, you are going to get the weekly Precious Metals newsletter, which comes out to you free of charge. All you have to do is go online to guildhallwealth.com or give us a call at that number, and we'll get you on that list. And it is jam-packed full of information Usually the articles we talk about on the show are all there. And Jeremy, before we went to break, we had mentioned registered accounts. I think this is one of the ways in which, uh, certainly over the last couple of years, people have been excited about getting into the market of gold and silver. It's an account they have already. In most cases, most people have got an RSP or a TFSA or a spousal RSP or one of the registered accounts, and they have a familiarity with it explain to us and our listeners why that's uh, something that we've taken to heart and why we're so excited about this type of account
1: yeah you know we were looking for years a way to do an investment in precious metals within a registered account but do it properly and we had a couple of main criteria that we were looking to accomplish, and we were able to to finally set that up using our current depository, which is uh, IROC approved, and with the partnering with Questrade. And what we've been able to create with our registered accounts is making sure that uh, people who have registered accounts, TFSAs, RSPs, LIFs, RIFs, even RESPs, is to be able to acquire Physical gold and silver, have it actually allocated to the client, and have it segregated from any other holding. So even if you have multiple accounts, those multiple accounts are actually separated from each other. They're not commingled with someone else's account or commingled with your own account. They're actually literally separated from any other holding in the vault, and all of the bar numbers are recorded into an inventory report with your name on it, with your sub-account on it. And so what this creates, Darren, is there's not there's no need for a contract. There's no need for a contract that says Guildhall or Questrade is holding a certain amount of physical metal on a one-to-one basis on behalf of the client, and that please assure, let us assure you that there's product there. No, 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 no. There's no need for a contract because you have the product. You get an inventory report and you can go to the vault and personally audit your holdings and personally hold the product in your hand. That is zero counterparty risk at its best. That is the market could melt down tomorrow. We could have another 2008 light collapse. We could have a bank holiday. Your product is still in the vault. When the lights go back on, your product will still be in the vault. So we're very proud that we've been able to create this investment for clients. And, you know, look, there's a cost to this because we're literally storing and securing physical gold and silver. But consider this for a moment. Gold has averaged over 7 almost 8% a year in Canadian dollars for the last 15 years alone. You go back further, it's it's still seeing those type of gains. Your cost of doing business is a mere 1%, and we're at a low in the market. So you call that 6% a year after cost of doing business at a low in the market, and I can only imagine where we're going to be. In fact, Pierre Lassonde, who is a major player in the mining sector, and we're going to talk about that in the mining sector in just a second— he thinks hands down it's easy gold's going to $2500 an ounce. You've got others out there in our community who have done the numbers. They look at, well, what would happen if we have to pay off the debts, where does gold go? What if we backed gold to only 10%? You know, just looking at gold's history and it's what it's worth against debt, against currencies that have been inflated to to you know, to heavens. We, we were seeing numbers like 10,000 or higher. Um, you know, some are looking at ridiculous numbers like 17,000. But it's not ridiculous when you think about inflation. So let's talk about the mining for a second, Darren, and what the cost to mine this product is and why right now is such a good time to get it into your RSP.
0: Well, this is always a concern, Jeremy, and this is another part of that puzzle. We talked about another piece of that puzzle, and it's important to note that this has changed over time, and there's no one perfect equation that's going to give us what they call folks the AISC or all-in sustaining costs, which is applied to every single miner, whether they're mining gold, copper, zinc, lead, doesn't matter what they are. In our case, let's focus on silver for a moment. And that AISC price is basically what it costs per ounce for them to pull silver out of the ground. Craig Hempke wrote this week, silver to test 2015 lows. Well, silver came very close to doing just that. Many analysts have predicted that the bottom's already in. And by the time you're listening to this show on the weekend, in fact, silver may have already risen back up towards 14, 20, 30, 40, maybe even higher but as it stands he mentions in this article that the AISC the all-in sustaining cost for many major metals producers has only risen since 2015 as energy costs have risen also if the AISC was 14 as an example it cost $14 per ounce to pull 1 ounce of silver out of the ground then
1: back in back in
0: 2000, 2015 yeah. when the cost of a barrel of oil was $35 well it's now closer to $70 so where is the AISC gone it's gone higher and to that end if you look and apply that simple equation many producers of silver right now are pulling silver out of the ground if they get a true all-in cost equation completed at the price we're currently sitting at,
1: yeah, there's there there has not profitable. yeah, there hasn't been some miracle method of mining in the last four years that has been able to say, oh, we can we can mine it at twelve dollars an ounce. It just doesn't happen like that. So what you end up you end up happening is we talked about paper inventory trying to uh, maneuver the price down, but you end up with a physical real world where people look at it and they say, "Come on." Uh, you can't mine it for this price. I gotta I'm gonna load the boat. I'm gonna buy as much as humanly possible. One entity in that case is, is JP Morgan themselves who are doing that type of buying. We see a lot of other savvy investors who are buying. Um, you know, we'll we'll call them the silent majority, people who aren't interested in what CNBC has to say. And what they're looking at is, hey look, you know, real estate's been going great, stock market's been going great. Something is amiss here. And as we talk about the puzzle pieces today, Darren, um you know, mint sales being through the roof. India buying. Um, we have the J.P. Morgan Quant saying things are going to get really rough. You're going to see flash crashes like crazy and social unrest. Um, that's the J.P. Morgan Quant saying that's going to that's coming our way. And then you have all these currencies, these uh, emerging co- economy currencies that are sinking like crazy. And currencies don't melt down randomly. Uh, Charles Hugh Smith put out an article this week. he's a great writer that's something he mentioned and he thinks that this is just the beginning stage of a global of a, a reordering of the global financial system and you know look, you're looking at things like Venezuela Argentina Turkey Brazil um, South Africa, Russian, Iran, Swedish krona um, Indian rupee all of these currencies are really tanking against the US dollar which We don't even know why it's rising at this point. It's $21 trillion in debt. I mean, give me a break. This thing is gold and silver are going to just become unhinged. We might go no bid. There might be a stage where those major institutions can't buy it. You'll be able to buy it from Guildhall because we do keep inventory. But I do believe that there's going to be a point where the wholesalers go, why am I selling it? Well, why get rid of it? It's going up at at thirty dollars a a clip. We read that article a few weeks ago, Darren, where they were saying the market could close. it could it could shut down because it goes up so far so far, so fast this market. and if you think if you think I'm just you know throwing words out there in nineteen eighty it went from f- under five dollars an ounce to fifty dollars an ounce in three months. You know, we saw the market go from in ten months from twelve dollars eight dollars. Well, basically, sorry, about seventeen dollars to forty eight dollars in about ten months, but there were massive moves in between. So this market when it takes off is huge. We're trading at $14 an ounce. That is a low risk entry point, right? Why are you buying why are you thinking about investments at all time skyrocketing prices, right? Don't buy Bitcoin at seventeen thousand dollars a coin or bit, whatever it is. It's not a coin, it's ones and twos. You get it at the lowest. That's what the opportunity in precious metals is right now. And I think we're going to see some fireworks in in the near future. By
0: the time Uncle Pete says buy the stock, it's too late, folks. That's what we're saying. Catching a falling knife. That's what they call it in the stock market. And if you want to be ahead of that curve, do something that very few other people are doing right now. Less than 2% of the entire globally managed asset base is touching gold and silver at this point in time it's a fantastic opportunity and it represents among one of the best ways to protect your portfolio and wealth now don't take our opinion for it do your due diligence we are not your financial planners we advisors, and I will caution everyone that like any other investment, there are always risks associated. But as we go to break here in the third segment, we are going to touch a little bit on some natural fancy colored diamonds coming back out of the break, talk a little bit about an update on the Argyle situation and what's happening with pink diamonds in particular, why they make such a great complement to an asset uh, investment in gold or silver. And uh, as we do that, folks, I want to remind everyone that We're going to be at The Money Show coming up September 14th and 15th. Uh, That's at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. It's a Friday and Saturday. We will have a booth there. Come by, say hi, get to know the guys there. We'll be there for the two full days. We'll have a small seminar on the friday afternoon at the show and we'd be happy to entertain any questions you have get to know you and uh, certainly uh, meet and greet it's all there for the asking for the taking and if you want to get in touch with us one 78 silver is the number to call or guildhallwealth.com is the website go online folks if you want to order some product take it home you can see the various types that we have from bars to coins and everything in between as well as all of that Jeremy we mentioned earlier in this segment the registered accounts remember that for every 5000 you put into that us you're going to get 1 gram of gold up to a maximum of 10 our compliments, free of charge. So that's just to say thank you for coming into the market. And uh, when we come back, folks, a lot more to talk about, more about the puzzle pieces that put together the puzzle that give you the insights you need to make the right decisions. Gold, silver, natural, fancy color, diamonds, it's all here with Guildhall Wealth Management. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. We are, for a brief moment, going to touch on another part of the puzzle, Jeremy, which is something that we love that's part of what we do every day. We are experts in the area of natural, fancy-colored diamonds. In addition to gold and silver, I do believe strongly that this represents among one of the best Places a person can put money in hopes of a beautiful return long term now that being said Jeremy when it comes to natural fancy colored diamonds there is often a lot of talk about brilliance and fire and the color and all of the four C's and all that but when it comes down to it I think a lot of people are equally interested in what the returns are and why it's such a value proposition this week is a great case in point we spoke to and you just pointed out and alluded to a client that was very excited about the potential of already owning a, a colored diamond and upgrading to another and in in many respects that had nothing to do with the four Cs or the brilliance of the diamond or how it looked in a setting or anything like that that was just pure ROI return on investment my money is at too high a risk in other areas i cannot delve into these markets any longer because that risk reward the return I'm going to get potentially is too much risk to get that kind of return. So they turned to other assets. They own gold and silver, this client. Yes. Do they have, uh, the ability to upgrade on a regular basis or is this the one time thing that they've just done?
1: So part of the reason is also, uh, this individual was looking at, um, cost of doing business. Um, one of the reasons why he's not in the real estate market, he does have some real estate, but, um, you know, real estate comes at costs. And if you're in in retirement mode or getting there, you have to be worried about, concerned about, you know, money going out the door and costs of doing business and not wanting to take risks either. And so a colored diamond presents that. There's practically zero volatility in the colored diamond market. There was a little volatility in yellow diamonds as a whole, not necessarily the type of yellow diamonds that we have at Guildhall because they're in the upper tier of rarity, which that's what's creating the lack of volatility. You want something very rare, something that's always going to be in demand because there's just simply not enough of them around. And so therefore, you'll always get your price. Um, So this idea of lack of volatility, little cost of doing business, you don't have to watch it on a daily basis. uh, So there's not a lot of risk there. And it's a very concentrated wealth. So we love colored diamonds for this, and of course, they're a luxury asset too. So you can enjoy uh, your investment at the same time, whether you're putting it into jewelry or maybe you just, you know, keep it in the box and take it out every so often to to have a close up look at it. The market as a whole it has uh, is starting to perk up again in colored diamonds, in the sense that there's a feeling out there that we're moving back into another 2008 like event. And colored diamonds do very well in those type of environments. Remember, every decade, going back, you know, as far as the '80s and and further back, there's always some sort of major crisis. So there's the savings and loans. There was the dot com bubble. There was the subprime. Um, You know, we're constantly seeing these crisis events occurring, and colored diamonds just go through those, no problem, because they're just not part of those of those markets. Like gold and silver, there's no counterparty risk. So what we do at Guildhall is look for really high-quality colored diamonds, the type of diamonds that the higher quality you go, the more rare they are, and the more rare they are, of course, the more expensive they can be, and uh, the better the gains on those investments.
0: Well, there's a particular diamond it's of interest to me that i showed to a client this week it is the tender stone that we bought from the 2015 argyle tender now folks this argyle tender i've just mentioned is a very unique event that happens once a year from the largest pink diamond producing mine in the world which is the argyle mine it's owned by the parent company rio tinto and for those that don't know this is a mine that's been up and operating since the early 80s the tender has been once a year and it has basically uh you know give or take a lot of around 50 or 60 diamonds and those 50 or 60 diamonds get sold to the highest bidder end of story we have over the years acquired a few of these and shared some of these diamonds with our clients This diamond in particular is the only tender stone we have at this point in time. It uh, is a 0.55 carat fancy deep pink, so it has a very, very uh, lovely deep pink color on it. And this is a diamond which just a handful of years ago, Jeremy, uh, and I won't say what the asking price is now until I finish this, a handful of years ago when we first bought this diamond, Asking price roughly in the neighborhood of around 450,000 Canadian. Okay. Okay. We have it on our site at a fair asking price to market at 660,000 Canadian. Mm -hmm. And the buyer who takes this diamond and holds onto this stone for the next 5, 10, 15 years is more than likely going to be asking a tremendous return for that diamond. Who knows what the price will be, but what we love about pink diamonds is... The kind of slow and gradual churning of a very viral movement that's happening behind the scenes. And this is to say the very astute investors like Guildhall and a few others are now paying attention to this pink diamond market. The return on investment is there. It's got a history and track record that's provable and that we can put to the test. And we have information about these diamonds. So when it comes down to it, this is why these diamonds make incredible investments at this point in time.
1: And if you think about, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you have a company, you don't want to put uh, the excess funds into the stock market. Um, You know, entrepreneurs tend to have, um, I don't want to say disdain, but a critical eye on the government and different ways that they can sort of come at you and the taxes or implications and things like this. So you know, if you have a company and there's lots of uh, money in there that you don't want to just be putting at risk. A natural fancy color diamond becomes a perfect place. I'd love to see pension funds get into that market because long term it does its job. It's not necessarily as liquid as something else, but that's not the point either. You have to have a trade-off. Do you want gains or do you want liquidity? So most pension funds are looking at long term long-term investments, and so I think that uh, something like this might be a bit alternative, but the gains are there and a high net worth individual who can uh, you know, outlay $400,000 to have it turn into $600,000 uh, in short amount of time, talking less than five years, uh, that becomes a, a quite appealing investment. At the end of the day, natural fancy colored diamonds are real estate in your pocket. Uh, at Guildhall right now, we've got lots of high grade natural fancy yellow diamonds all internally flawless. We've got, um, pink diamonds and we're focusing a little bit right now on the Argyle. We're building a, an Argyle collection page for, uh, people who visit our website. Right now we have about nine Argyle diamonds that, uh, investors can, can choose from. Now look, six of them are over hundred thousand. Um, but we do have three that are under that, that, uh, that range. One in in particular is actually under $25,000. So you do have the ability to get an argyle diamond for under $25,000. Again, this is real estate in your pocket.
0: 1-877-8-Silver-GuildHallWealth.com is the website to go to. There, as we had said earlier, with gold and silver, you can view the natural fancy colored diamonds that we have available. You will see some of the ones we've talked about on this very show there on the site. And even though from afar, a return on investment uh, and everything about a colored diamond seems fantastic. You do have to get in and see these folks. You do have to be able to sit in front of them and take in all of the beauty of a natural fancy colored diamond. Then and probably only then will you realize how right this investment might be for you. So hopefully you can take the time to do that, get through to us and make an appointment to see and view. A natural fancy colored diamond. Now, Jeremy, before we end the show this week, we have been talking extensively about the pieces of the puzzle that are coming into everybody's kind of peripheral view now and slowly but surely people are starting to put these pieces together in order to determine what the picture is going to show
1: and where they're going to go with their portfolio
0: that's right and all of these are painting a picture the slowly gradually showing where the economy is going to go and how you should respond and be part of this now another piece of this puzzle is Canadian real estate And whether people have been paying attention, we've talked about it extensively on our show here, the real money show, and we've written extensively about the Canadian real estate market. I picked up two pieces of information this week from the Canadian real estate, uh, from the Canadian real estate news. And these are two very different, but very related articles. One is pointing out the fact that as you may have heard, uh, Treb and other real estate agencies in Canada are very reluctant and have been very reluctant to share data about home prices. And that you can probably delve into on your own, use your own due diligence as to why there's very, very uh, limited number of reasons, but they all make sense. And the other article talks about where we are in terms of understanding what's happening in each market. And the headline is very simple. It says that Toronto real estate one in four homes for sale are sitting empty now these are clues these two two articles are just clues as to where the real estate market sits when you get one in four homes that's absolutely got nobody living in it and is only being held on to for gain is that not telling us that we are very close to seeing the tip of of what is going to be a very big change in the mentality of how people buy and what the value of homes will be.
1: In other words, change your portfolio, change what your philosophy is and how you're making money. To add to that, Darren, you can look at an article from Better Dwelling uh, where they say that uh, Canadian mortgage credit growth has grinded to a halt. It's at the worst growth in 18 years. What that basically is saying is that Mortgages are not are not coming out. Their people are not borrowing. The banks aren't lending, and uh, that the mortgage growth is slowing very rapidly right now. Canadians owe a staggering 1.52 trillion dollars in mortgage debt. Uh, if you were to look at the chart, it is it looks like a black diamond hill in reverse. It's just a massive amount of debt that's been going out into the market. Obviously a lot of that has been because of low interest rates, which seems to be slightly changing. So when you look at the changing landscape of you know credit risk out there, mortgage co- mortgage mortgages coming to a halt, one in four homes being empty, something's something's about to happen here and and we just we won't we're concerned about it and we want investors to be concerned about it as well. We want them to be careful and having physical precious metals in your portfolio at least as a hedge. Um, is a way to be careful.
0: Whether you're getting into the market and taking that product home, whether it's a natural fancy-colored diamond, gold, or silver, if you'd like to store that product because it's maybe a liquidity issue or an insurance issue or a safety issue, we have options for that as well. But either way, whether you choose to take it home or store it with us, put it in a registered account, or use allocated financing, we didn't even talk about that, but that gives you the ability to put down as little as 30% of the total metal value you want to invest in. We'll uh, share some more information about that. Go to our YouTube channel. We have a video on allocated financing. All of those are options for you to get into this market of gold and silver. Get into it, do it frequently, start your stacking now. And uh, I think that long-term you're going to be very happy you made the decision to be a value investor at this point in time. You have been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call is 1-877-8-SILVER, and the website is guildhallwealth.com. You've been listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.